Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. Oh, you know I, I and have I, stopped I dying. I hear, wait, I hear that you're 23 years sober today. Oh, my 20. goodness. <laughs> you stopped dying 23 years ago? Are you still just one second away from a drink, Chuck? Or was it pretty oh, easy to stay sober this year? You know, it's one of the things I co-opted from you is, you know, I could even probably sit in here and tell you pretty much. <laughs> I'm probably going to make it to 24. <laughs> just and, 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 I, and I don't feel like I'm jinxing anything. I think that it's this not life has just, so, just gotten so much better. Uh, why would you? Go, it wouldn't make any sense. It would take such a turn of events that I can't foresee it. I'll give it to friends that got taken out by doctors, right? Nobody could have seen it. It happened to a lot of my friends. But now that we've made it through that 10 years, and we all know if you go to a doctor and he gives you opiates or benzos, you're not fucking sober. So either <laughs> do it and say, I don't want to be sober anymore, like a couple of friends of Mike and I did, or... Or don't take the pills. Yeah, so, but, but, but I'm really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, there's, there's, such a, there's such a big difference between, like, the, the psychotropics and the things for treating actual mental illness and then benzos and opiates. There's such a different, there's such a different kind of pill. It's crazy how, how naive we were. I mean, I, it would have happened to me. In 99 or 2000, if I had gotten in a car accident, I I'd, I'd, would have been dust. Anybody would have. But once we started seeing our brothers and sisters falling on prescription drugs, it then became the last thing that I thought, what else is going to get me to use? Nothing. O <laughs> only, my own, only my own childishness. And by the way, uh, you know, Gloria Scott used to say, Congratulating yourself after the first five years is like congratulating yourself for graduating from kindergarten another year. Oh, you did kindergarten <laughs> again? You did kindergarten again? Hey, she, he completed kindergarten again. Like, it's really not. It's an, it's an anniversary to remember what your life was like, share with newcomers where you were 23 years ago tonight. Right. 20, you know what I mean? Right. And, and that's nothing to do with I, wearing a 23 medallion and all that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a tattoo on my, on my face. <laughs> 23. 23. You, mean, you mean I shouldn't wear that gold, that big gold amount? <laughs> I'm going to do it. In, I'm going to do it in hashtags so I can just add a line every year. And then it's just, I'm just going to have a hashtag up. Yeah. Face. Right on your face. Yeah. Man, right and then people go, what no, is yeah, that? Just, I go, I yeah, earned just that do shit. Teardrops. Across just the bridge 20, of your nose. 20, 23 <laughs> teardrops. But yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I, I just, I have a problem with so many things in the 12 step world and, and patting yourself on the back for your 23rd year of sobriety is just like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a, it's the easiest thing in the world. You're a dad, you're a counselor, you're a great friend. You're like, it wasn't that hard to stay sober. It's hard to stay sober when you have 30 days to get 31 days. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And that's, but you that's know a, that. Half the people we know in AA is just, you know, one day at a time. Blah, 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 blah. No, it's not. not. 
Yeah, let them go right. 30 days without their CBD oil and their little vape pipe. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah, 30 the, days without that. That, that, was, that was funny because on my, uh, uh, my meeting yesterday, I said something along the lines of, I go, you know, tomorrow will be uh, 23 years. That's a solid 22, you know, because there's always some smart ass that says, that's a solid 22. So I just say it before they can, and, and then you can just see their faces going, no fronts. I wonder how many AA people listen to this podcast. I think it's mostly new people and clinicians and stuff like that. But if if an AA person listens to this, they probably agree with us that, you know, AA's got its own problems. People in AA got their own problems. And if they don't agree, that's okay. That's the way AA is. We don't have to agree on everything. Well, oh, and, there's no, a lot, and, there's, and there's a lot of dissidents, you know, in, in like like us in AA that go in and complain a lot and everything like that. They get frustrated and they walk out and they have plenty of time, you know? No, you people with time. time. I, see, I see people with six months be that way. And I see the old guard just say, oh, yeah, he'll be back. He, has, he needs to learn his lesson. <laughs> I mean, I was told that. I've been this way. Here's the funny thing. I've been this way for when I was relapsing. And this whole entire 24 years of sobriety. Uh, In the first two, three years, people kept saying, you know, he's never going to get it. He's going to use again. They would tell, how about this? Friends of mine would tell me that their sponsors told them to stay away from me because I was poison. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, right? I was one time spoke the early uh, speaker at Third and Gardner Sunday morning, which was a very prestigious 10 minutes pitch, and then uh, the headliner, <laughs> just like an opening the headliner. Band. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I spoke, and this guy came up to me at the break and said, You know, you're killing people with your message, Forrest. Told me that. Yeah, I'm killing yeah. people with my message. And you said, what are you, a PE coach? Why are you calling no, I me said, Forrest? Can I kill you? Can I kill you? That's what I said. Yeah, what can I do to fix that? You're killing so, people with you know, your message. Uh, when I, oh when my I got God. sober, Bob, when I got sober, Texas Terry came up to me and said, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, see? See that? See what I'm talking about? <laughs> she had no, like, nobody really wanted <laughs> And then Gaze uh-huh. Extol, yeah. I was going with Susie Gardner at the time, and Gaze Extol, just give up on me. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have told her that, too. <laughs> yeah, you probably told her that, too. Right? <laughs> Because I was a a heroin-smoking master of the 12 steps, as you know, Chuck. And uh, so I often, high would give, because I wasn't out of control like Mike or other people. And I would often, (laughs) I would often, I would often consult, I would consult people and say, you know, well, he just is never, he's never really going to be sober, Uh, you know, but that's okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I love I love all the judgment. That's so loving and tolerant. Bob ended up with less time than me, but he's been sober trying way to get longer, sober longer, way longer. <laughs> I way. went to my uh, my first serious approach to sobriety was in 1984. How about that? I didn't get sober till 1996. How about that? I was yeah. going to meetings. Now, my story, Bob, is 83. I, I went to my first meetings, those ones down in Santa Monica, and I said, ah, oh, fuck, well, that's there. I guess when I need it, I'll go. But you didn't, didn't go, go to, you, didn't go to, you didn't go to Fountain and Fairfax and really try with all no. the guys, all the musicians. I was really trying. But, <laughs> you know, whatever. But I really wanted to well, have an Bob, episode where we talked about it. 
I wanted to have an episode where we talked about sobriety, what it is, why it's, wh- where it is, where is sobriety in the broader context of, of the society. Because not one, but two friends of mine's children died in the last 24 hours. Not one. I got the one message last night, and I was like, holy shit. And I texted Mike, like, I don't know if Mike's in contact with the dad anymore or whatever, but I just felt like, ah, God, can you imagine what it must feel like to get the call that your son is dead of drugs when you're a sober guru guy and your kid was sober? It's just the saddest fucking thing. Then this morning I get a text, oh, my God, this really good friend of mine's son who I had helped get sober, dead. People are dying. Uh, like, like, and that thing I sent you, Mike, in 2019, death was up 4.6% from drugs. I thought we had turned a corner. I, I, maybe it's just naive. Are we naive, Chuck? We just want to believe that it's going to go down? I don't think it's ever going to go down. I think it's going up. Yeah, well, people, they're putting them, they're putting, they're putting the fentanyl in the, in those, uh, in uh, pills that that they're selling that are cheap pills, and so they don't really know. How I think much some is of these one. kids are killing themselves on purpose. I think COVID is having a profound effect on people feeling anxious and panicked and depressed and isolated. I believe that people are killing themselves with drugs. Right, but it right where, where um, when. When Mike sent that thing today, I was reminded of a, like a week and a half ago, a 22-year-old girl bought Xanax online, and then her and her friend took one each, and it wasn't doing what they wanted, so they, they called the guy back. Is this is somebody like on offer up or something. They don't know right. him, and, and they get two more pills. Yep. They, they each take one more. The one girl goes to take a shower, comes out, and the other one's blue, and done. Just no bringing her back. Nine one one. This is in Huntington, or where was this? Yeah, this was in Huntington Beach, and you know, twenty two years old, and one of those people that was was sober over a year. But where the, you know, that's we we use that word all the time. But what does that mean? There was no like emotional. You know, it was there any sobriety? We can we can like be without drugs, but I mean, the idea of being able to find a life that we want to live is really where it is. You know, even when you were washing dishes, I bet there were good times and there was laughter and there was some stuff. You yeah, found was, some joy in community. life. Well, yeah, there was community and there was... See, here's an interesting thing. I still have the same sober friends that I had then in 1996. We talk, we text, I see them, we go out to lunch, do these Zoom meetings, I can't stand them. Um, <laughs> I just can't. It's never going to replace real meetings to me. I understand no, that, that it's it's going to be a part of the future, I believe. But, For some but folks. Yeah. I was already a part of that. There were online AA meetings in 1999 because a friend of mine that I toured with would always do them, and then people from those towns would come to the gig, right? And I, and I just thought it was so weird. Yeah, they have the online meetings, not face-to-face. They just all did it like uh, texting. Typed, right? Yeah, yeah. typed, right? Yeah. And it was very popular because there would be like 
in Des Moines, Iowa, or, you know, Athens, Georgia, there'd be like six or eight people from the digital AA meeting would come, right? But now that's been introduced to the entire AA community. And I do think it'll stick around, this Zoom thing, not having to leave your house and all that. I think it's going to stick around, but it just doesn't do it for me. I, I just, I like to look at people and like be a part of something. Uh, you know, I rarely listen to the person that's talking. I just kind of look around and think like, oh, God. Yeah. No, we, I, we had, <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you, our, our beach meeting, like we started up happening again as soon as we were allowed on the beach. And a, a small group of people from that beach meeting, they had a vote when they were doing it on Zoom. And they decided they were going to go on Zoom until it was safe to resume. So they had a group conscience. And we started coming back to the beach as soon as we were allowed back on the beach. And then they kind of said that, well, what are you going to call that meeting now that since it's not the actual meeting? And I said, we're going to call it the sunset 10 a.m. meeting on the beach because we're on the beach. What do you mean? What are we going to call it? And it starts getting political. And it's just like you can't to be where people are, the new people that come down to that meeting, that even if we're not all hugging each other and holding hands and all that stuff, at least they get to see real live people and get to hear real live stories, not canned pitches. Like I was talking to Mike earlier and it's just like, I, I do one zoom meeting that I enjoy and I do it. I've been doing it every, every chance I get it's on Mondays and I dig it. I dig being there. Well, and let it's me just tell you, my, my whole AA philosophy is I, I, if, if people are really going on and on about stuff that I don't agree with, I just was, taught that i could tune it out and not listen so right. what, what i then do you know i'm talking about 50 percent of the time in an ame i'm hearing shit <laughs> but stupid and the person talks about their ego is all out of whack that's completely the opposite actually clinically you have no ego strength that's why you cheated on your wife not because your ego is so big there's no such thing as a big <laughs> ego there's no such thing as a big ego people i know that'll blow people's minds there's a lack of ego strength. I think a lot of people I know have a lack of ego strength. But anyways, so I tune out shit that I don't agree with or I know is totally a lie or bullshit or not interesting to me or rigid and dogmatic. So that's 50 to 75% of what's said. I'm just tuning out. But what I can do is look around the room and, and see somebody and remember when they first got sober and we went over to their house and then I feel connected to them and I feel connected to AA. I can see a new person that I can say, I'm going to say hi to afterwards. You make eye contact with people, this knowing eye contact that like we've been through fucking hell and we're here and it's amazing. Way more powerful than the dogmatic nonsense I hear people talking. Being in the room with other addicts. It's unspoken stuff, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you yeah. can't capture that on Zoom because it just jumps to whoever's talking and very strange kind of way of communicating. So it will never do it for me. And, and there's, you know, I decided a long time ago, there was nothing in AA... Uh, really nothing said that I hadn't already known or heard before. So it's really the people. It's really yeah. being with the people. You know, I know that there's a lot of people that haven't really heard a lot or read a lot or know much. So when they go there and they hear somebody recite 
you know, something from Sermon on the Mount. It's like they never heard it before, so they're getting introduced <laughs> to this amazing idea, right? You know, or or you know what I mean, but, <laughs> right? But if you, if you read, if you know, here's a good idea. I knew who Emmett Fox was before I was in AA because my mother loved Emmett Fox. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My mother loved Emmett Fox. And she, that was her book. She liked it better than the Bible, she said. Right? And, but if you've never heard of Emmett Fox or you never read Sermon on the Mount or you know nothing about it, then when they talk about it in AA, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's great. But that's not my experience. I know who Emmett Fox is since the time I'm 11 years old. Right? So what, what I'm fascinated with is how connected I feel to the people in the room just looking around at their faces and remembering their stories or something they said or a kind gesture they did for someone else. And that's how I feel connected. None of the talking, very little of the talking matters to me. And, and all the Zoom meetings are is the talking. It's not the human connection. You understand? Mm-hmm. Because there's way more interesting people to listen to talk, like Stephen Hawking or David Foster Wallace, <laughs> or like if you just want to listen to smart people talk, go on TED Talks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the being human with other people and sharing a life with other people—that's what AA is to me. And ninety percent of the people disagree with me. There's nothing I've ever heard said at an AA meeting that I already hadn't heard. Nothing. Yeah. Be kind you to know, each people other. Are getting, Be- people are getting conditioned. You know, they're getting conditioned to just get everything off of off of YouTube, off of TED Talks, everything. You know, go to YouTube, watch it on there, figure out how to do something. Somebody put up a video to, you know, to figure this out or figure that out, how to put this together or how to do this. You know, it, it's but that's all, all Zoom being, meetings are. By the it's internet, all, you know? but all Zoom meetings are is people's opinions about sobriety, and you don't even know if they're factual or they're real or they're the truth. But when you're in a room with 30, 40 people, there's got to be six or eight that you really connect with and like and feel comfortable and feel safe with and feel like I belong here if they're here. I can tell you who those people are. Two bags, you guys, uh, AK. Like, it's people that I trust, that I like. When I see them in a meeting, it makes me feel like, yeah, I belong here. But most people, hey, I don't feel like I belong with them. I, I know that sounds strange because we're supposed to altruistically, devotedly, cult-like dedication to AA. Most of the people, I, don't, I, don't, I, have, I have no interest in ever socializing with them or anything. You know what I'm saying, Chuck? Yeah, I, 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 I do. And that, but that's why, that's why the Zoom meeting I go to works because I know the people. So you know the people. You're getting the I, same I, feeling. I know the people. It's not like I'm meeting, if I was meeting them for the first time, that, that's why I stopped doing all the other Zoom stuff. Uh, it's just, you're right. I, I, like, I like the connection. And I think it's important that, that people that can meet outdoors or that can, can do safe safer meetings than what they used to be. I think they need to do it because I can't imagine doing it right now. I met, if with, I didn't a, have I met that. with a, I met with a newcomer today, right? And I was wearing my mask and he wasn't. And it was at his place of business. And he said, you don't have to wear your mask. And I said, okay, but let's, let's find a comfortable way to talk. And so I stood back about eight feet away and he was nervous because he's talking about very personal stuff in his mm-hmm. business. And I said, well, you want to call me later? 
And he said, no, 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 walk down here. And we walked down the end of the thing. And we were like six feet apart. And he told me what was going on. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's, let's, what you're doing is right. And, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing, but let's talk more. And I, I can't, I can't tell you how meaningful my day has been since then. I did something with a human being who is in distress, who doesn't know what to do. And I did point out something. Um, he was upset about something. And I said, well, and I pointed out that, hey, you didn't, you didn't do that, but you've done something I'm sure is equally upsetting to your partner, right? I don't want to get in great detail. <laughs> okay. But you know, how, you know how drug addicts are. Yep. If somebody betrays them, oh, um, no. self-righteous, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I was like, you know. I'm just following this. I'm just following this. I don't know how many other people are. But no, I was but like, that's, dude, tr you that's know. treatment people. Treatment people going, man, but I trusted you. And, you know, man, I just need you to be truthful. Man, you just <laughs> got here two weeks ago. You've been a liar your whole goddamn life. And now two weeks in, that's a requirement? Yeah. Uh, it just it, it just felt good. You can't do that on Zoom. You can't meet new people on Zoom. This guy had three days sobriety. Well, doesn't isn't it doesn't it specifically say that uh, any two or three alcoholics gathered together is a meeting? No, it doesn't say how, it's how a meeting. That? It said this. Uh, yeah, you have to be together. together. You have to I'll be tell you, together. I'll tell you the quotes. Everybody picks the quotes they like. This is a quote I like. We meet on a regular basis so the new person can come and talk about their problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why we meet. In my, in my take of what that sentence is, that means that people with 23 years sobriety are not the most important thing. Exactly. Applauding for Chuck. Yay, Chuck! <laughs> no, the guy that I went and met today at 4 o'clock, that person's more important. It says yeah. that we meet on a regular basis so the new person can come and talk about their problem. And then what do we do when they come? We tell them they shouldn't share because they don't have enough time to talk. Uh, right? Yeah, but, that, but we're weeding that out. You know that that stuff's disappearing, right? Yeah, in, in, in California. It's, yeah, it's but what I'm, a, saying is, what, what I'm saying is, is can you classify a Zoom meeting as an actual meeting because nobody's together? Nobody's, get, nobody's they, gathering they, together. They took the names, what Chuck is saying. They've done it all in the LA meetings. All the people who were the secretaries of the meetings then put them on to the, to the Zoom meetings, and it's the name of that meeting, Third and Gardner. You know, they're Bates. still not gathered together. Well, I mean, you're taking that very literally. I am. But, but I just think <laughs> that, uh, you know, if it's new people, it's really hard. I was on a Zoom meeting about two weeks ago, and there was – couple of new people there that I was pretty sure we're going to use either right after the meeting or that night or in the next couple of days because they, they were using that language of what's the point or da, 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 da. And there was no way of addressing it and surrounding them. There was no way to help them. Right. Other, because there's no crosstalk, right? So you can't say anything while they're saying it. And then everybody just, hey, great to see everybody. Let's sign out. <laughs> How do you say, hey, the person that said they're going to use right after this meeting unless they hear something that is meaningful, how do I, how do I talk to that person? The rules right. of AA and Zoom don't accomplish the goal of being there for the new person. 
it's good for jacking off old people that like being been sober for 20 years. Yeah. Oh, checking in with my buddies. And I, well, and I don't know how that's different it, than what I was just saying. I don't, I don't, I just don't think, I don't think. Well, you're I not making it about to, the new people though. Yeah. But how is the zoom meeting helping the new people? If what you just said is true. I don't think it is. That's what well, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying too. Two people. I'm saying you have to go have meet to with them together in person, basically. Yeah, but but that's not how the old timers are going to see it. There's, here's one thing that it is, probably is serving. I think most people with 20 years sobriety um, probably are facing some difficult things of loneliness, desperation, divorce, um, and may kill themselves, right? So if, if meeting for them and seeing their friends makes them stay in check through this coronavirus quarantine pandemic problem, good, then it serves a purpose. It's keeping long-term sober people whose lives are miserable from killing themselves. I'm all for that. Right. I, that's just self-help to me. I, I'm more focused on the, what is the purpose of AA? to stay sober and help another alcoholic to achieve sobriety. So if I'm not doing that, then it's not AA. It's Correct. not AA. It's something else. Correct. But they're and using, it's, yeah. And it's a, it's a, it was the same thing when we were having to uh, use Doxy to get in to do groups. It's not, it's not the same as being sitting around, feeling the energies, the human beings in a room together talking about, truth they're not going to say what they normally say and i'm not going to feel moved to to talk to anybody individually when they're just stills that freaking freeze up every once in a while on my screen so let's go okay so let's go over so never before have so many people been dying of drugs never before has there been such a drug problem in america and i believe and suicide, and depression, and panic attack, and anxiety, and See, prescription I drugs. Commit, I can't ever commit suicide because what would you and Chuck do? I mean, you guys. Would I know what would we do? So, I mean, well, we, yeah, I did. Sad. I did say, you know, having kids does up the ante. That's what I call it. it. Does. Doesn't mean I'm not going to kill myself, but it does <laughs> up the ante. <laughs> <laughs> Puts a little more emphasis on it. It's a little bit of a break, Chad. Yeah, it's make you pump the brakes. <laughs> so, so there is that. But, 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 so anyways, follow my logic. Never before have so many people died. Leading cause of death of millennials. 4.6% um, increase in overdose death in 2019 over 2018. The final statistics are in. Two of our friends, two of my friends' kids are dead today. Yeah. And yet the only solution we have is this kind of weird, unsupervised 12-step world and, and or harm reduction where you go to a doctor and get your drug of choice in a different kind of uh, manifestation or just use and try to figure it out. Like, there's got to be some, we got to come up with more solutions. We need you know, more solutions. Because there was that thing where you could sit in a meeting and you know when, when someone's talking and they're just, whatever, they're talking and you're not agreeing with it and you see some new person, you could always grab them at the break or when they go out to smoke and go, pay no mind, man. Take what you need, leave the rest. Don't let that guy run you out. You, know, you can't do that on a Zoom. Yeah, no, but you can't, why step is, out, you can't step out to the smoking area. Why help, is it? Can I ask you this? Most great, I, I can tell you, we have a, 
quality control person at Allo, and we have a, a meeting of, of leadership that says, what are we do, not doing good? What are we failing at? What could we mm-hmm. do better? What are some people's ideas of why we're doing things not as well as we want or should or could? And what are, what are the impediments uh, from us being more successful and achieving our goals better? Every company does that. Every nonprofit does that. But AA does not do that. Do you follow me? There's no criticism. You can't criticize AA. You can't say, hey, some of this shit is really outdated. This to the wives chapter is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> no, but I, th- I mean within itself, because I know that young people aren't embracing it. It's not modernizing. Listen, the music modernizes, retail modernizes, every kind of mechanism in America is constantly updating and modernizing, including medicine. And it's as if we're saying, well, if this old way of doing things doesn't make sense to you, um, then go die. I, I really believe that. It's not trying to, to modernize or trying to welcome a new generation into it. It's just you know, saying, I, I, I still get the, because um, I was a um, GSR for a long time, I still get that 459, box 459, the, the newsletter thing. Yeah. And general services... You know, addresses a lot of that stuff in those newsletters and in the grapevine. To, to the wives? The to uh, the wives not, chapter not changing, should be... No, not changing to the wives. <laughs> I don't think they're ever going to do that. <laughs> but they're addressing... <laughs> oh, they're going to do it. You know when they'll do it? When no one is in AA anymore. When all the people <laughs> who believe in to the wives are dead and no new people enroll in it. That's like, when it will be over. Have you read it? Have you read? Have you read to the What was the last time you, you, you skipped through that? Because when I skimmed through it, I was like, why are we reading this? And it was like, they were telling, <laughs> they, they, told, they, they told me, they go, well, because it, teach, it teaches you how to sponsor people. And I go, that's not what it says. It, it says if, if my man goes out and fucks some lady, I'm supposed to go, hey, baby, here's your bed. You go to sleep. You can't. <laughs> yes, that's he, what it says. He, he was drunk. <laughs> Don't, just let him he have it. Just, he was a man. He, he didn't mean to do it. Just lighten up, Francis. Just take it, and it out. It's so, it, <laughs> it's so it, ridiculous. And, it, and, and things have just changed so much that that's why, I mean, when we first started doing this, you were talking about we need, you know, this is, this is going to kill itself. And it might, but the beautiful we thing need to is, modernize, is that, but is that it, it is modernizing in some places and people are going to have to pull their meetings out of, out of the directory eventually, because some somebody will go through and say they're not adhering to this, 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 and this, and then it'll start a new thing. Well, and I can that, just know. I know that. Say so. There's a heroin addict anonymous. Do you know that guys? Yes, it's yes. In, in Pasadena and Hollywood, it's a new organization. Doesn't have any literature, and and they really. It's all based on the new person and just getting through the day and doesn't have a lot of rules and doesn't have a lot of prison, you know, kind of mentality attached to it that, that uh, NA has. It's just this new thing of like, like, hey, we're heroin addicts and we need to not take heroin today. The most basic kind of thing that a new person needs, community, abstinence, uh, uh, reinforcement of, of goal, of simple goal, which is don't use heroin today. Um, it's pretty refreshing. 
because it doesn't carry all the baggage of prison, peckerwood, motorcycles, and all that. And it doesn't have this old stigma of white privileged people that AA has. It's this new thing. And so I believe one of the new things is going to catch on. I really believe that. Uh, and, and frighteningly enough, I believe a cult leader could come along and make it into something. Do you understand? In the well, context, I, like, a, like a Trump of sobriety could come along. <laughs> Trump right? of sobri- a TOS. <laughs> Trump of sobriety. <laughs> think of it. Let's hope not. Man. Oh. Just think. Think of how fast it's gone in 10 years. I, I'm just taking it from 2010 when Elvis was born. How fast everything has changed from 2010 to 2020. It's unfathomable what society is going to be like in 2040. And if you think to the wives it's going to be read by drug addicts and alcoholics in 2040, you're nuts. You're nuts. It's right. not read now. Even by Chuck, he can't read it. <laughs> That's pretty lame. Well, I, I just didn't understand why. And Well, because it's part of the basic text. We just do. And the idea of doing things just because we do it well, is something. Well, why did you say something... that? That's stupid. <laughs> How does that help the newcomer? Because that's what they, they told me that that's you need to learn how to treat somebody that you sponsor. And I said, but they're not they don't they don't go they don't mesh. They don't come together. I'm not making the bridge. Well, you're new. Just listen. Just uh, listen. It'll make sense. And I, know, okay, so I, I, I waited. No, no, this wasn't. This is when I was new. You know, oh, so it's God. like uh, when you're when I was new, I didn't want to get loaded so bad that I did whatever was put in front of me to do. And, but every once in a while I'd question it when it made absolutely no sense at all, you know, because the idea that being willing to go to any length, I didn't have to go to any length. I got willing to do a whole lot of stuff, even if it was read to the wives. I read to the wives many times. (laughs) I would never will again. In 1998, when they were doing the new edition, I was a GSR for Silver Lake. I met at the meeting place where it was going to be discussed what some of the things of the Silver Lake group of, uh, would like to input about the, the um, big book, you know, if we want to submit stories, and they had this whole outline and whatever. I said, uh, we want to move that to the wives be removed from the first 164 pages of the big book. And everyone laughed. Right? Why? They just laughed. That that's unthinkable. Well, but why would they laugh when there's now an Al Anon program which is all about to the wives, husbands, parents, sons of? It's absolutely not necessary. <laughs> that's that's another argument. It, it's but, an append it's an appendix that we don't need. Yeah. But anyway, so I just hope that some people out there are thinking of some new way of doing things and new you know. You know, what the guys in Milwaukee have done with Don't Die is almost better than AA. 
Like they have a community there of people that all love and care about each other and help the new person. Yeah. And yes, they all go to 12-step meetings, but the actual connectivity that I saw between the, the clinicians on the streets, the people that drive out to McDonald's and give away free needles, and the people that, a lot of them are not sober also, by the way, so they couldn't be in AA, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and I love that on the, uh, I love that on the dopey stuff too. I, I, if yeah, you dopey's ever, got its own. Dave's got of, it. Those people are just going off supportive of each other, so non-judgmental. It's it's like that heroin anonymous anonymous or whatever you said heroin addicts anonymous. I, I don't. I mean, the idea that you can just be supportive of someone. So what if they smoked pot today? They didn't shoot any dope. You know what? And just say good for you. That's a success. Good job. And right. be able to move forward. It right. Not, and and so I think that you know. And what is the, the whole goal? The goal before was. The one in 1936 was people were dying of alcoholism and they were ruining families and they were ruining society. And this goes back even to the Washingtonians and to, to the, the prohibition and the suffragette movement. It's all intertied. People were dying of alcoholism. Something had to be done about the problem of drink. And it with, within that, rough and ready times, rowdy times, came AA. Uh, pure to its times and who the people were. Right? right? It was a breath of fresh air. It was an intellectual advancement out of, you know, Catholicism and Methodism and Christianity where you're a bad person if you drink into this revolutionary idea that it's not a moral issue. It's a medical issue. It's a psychiatric issue, right? Uh, I, it's a spiritual issue. Why don't we hear about that? Where people, well, people no, they, they, they we must need have a been, new revolution right now. Right, because True there must have been some times. people saying, hey, this is heresy. You can't just invent a God. You can't just do this. And these alcoholics, why are we giving them rooms to meet? I'm sure there were people that were as reactionary to the idea of AA. The Oxford sure. Group members hated AA. Right, but Remember I'm, sure, that. I'm sure other people did too, because I, I'm sure that it was not as easy, because anything we look back in history, but we may, it looks like it was just something that popped up and was fully accepted, and I bet you no, there were detractors not. all over the place. <clears throat> there were 100 from 36 to 38. There were about 3,000. And then there was, and here's a zeitgeist moment, which I don't know how this would happen in the 21st century. Uh, Saturday Evening Post article, 1941. All of a sudden, thousands of requests to this little star thing that only existed in Brooklyn, New York, and, and, and uh, Akron, Ohio, gets thousands of requests. How do we do this? We, I need the book. How do we do this? We want to start a chapter in Louisiana. We want to start a chapter in Atlanta. We want to start a chapter in Los Angeles. From one newspaper article, that's when it catches fire and becomes this phenomenon, right? Something so has to rise up right now. I, I just don't think AA is the solution for right now. I so don't. What was the, what was there? It's a solution for me. It's a solution for me, but that's not who, who needs the solution right now. And I'm tired of saying if they die, 
uh, just the, you know, it's sad that they died, but they just couldn't accept to the wives or the stuck old <laughs> tiny ways that we do things. I, I just can't accept that. Was there a, do you believe there might've been a difference in the attitude of people that was there, did life have any more value on an, on a, an across the board level or something? Because why would people, cause drink, everybody looks at alcohol as being so as uh, harmless when they haven't had anything to do with it. They don't know how insidious and horrible of a, a drug it can be when used by someone like me. But the idea that people actually wanted to stop, I, there are so many people right now, you know, you work in treatment, you see them all the time where it's just that I've never seen such a life having so little value or so little meaning. Right. And hopefully this new thing that gets created would, would have a message about that hopelessness. Because I think Alcoholics Anonymous in 1936 or 41, when it really caught on, had a message about the hopelessness. That message no longer translates in a modern context. It doesn't. It needs to be modernized. It needs to be of now's hopelessness. And I can tell you, you know, I, I just know my own self. So that's another thing. Like, a hopelessness is... I think, you know, one of the messages I would say is stop paying so much attention. They're all, you're only clickbait. That's all. I'll give you an example. Today I was looking up Yo Gabba Gabba. It's a, it's a show that I love. My, <laughs> friends, my friends' kids love it, and they were asking me how to get it, and yeah. I was looking up Yo Gabba Gabba. Then I got on the website of the company that controls Yo Gabba Gabba, and I was trying to find how do you find Yo Gabba Gabba? Where is it? How do you watch it? And so all I had tapped on to a lot of different Caillou and a lot of different sites that were on this master oh, site Caillou, of this no. company, right? So, but follow me. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, an article about Powerpuff Girls popped up on my news feed. Within minutes, if you don't know you're being played to be advertised to, nobody gives a fuck about the fake community you have on Facebook. It's bullshit. It's to sell you shit. That's all it exists for. And they're selling your personal information and where you are and what you bought this morning so that you can be sold the next thing by an algorithm five minutes from now. It's bullshit. Everybody should disconnect from that fake social media world completely disconnect from it and i'll bet you half the depression in this country goes down i'll bet you half the anxiety in this country goes down and stop allowing these phones to feed all this fear and depression and anxiety to you i can't say it's stronger i think it's what's wrong with so much of america is these fucking feeds and the social media and trump and trump and trump and biden and trump and kamala harris and q QAnon and all this fucking nonsense and start raising your children and start going to your work and being kind to the people you work with and be kind to the people on the way to work when you're driving and stop seeing everybody as a fucking enemy and stop seeing everything as an opportunity to sell something to somebody and get back to real human American life. We are so far away from it. That's the truth. So that's where the hopelessness and despair comes from. They're selling you hopelessness and despair. And oh, you're yeah. gobbling it up like a fucking pig at a trough. Get off of social media. Mark Zuckerberg is evil. People need to stop funding that motherfucker. That's the truth. 
Oh, but you know, people like you, you don't need to know who you went to high school with. Give it, give it a fucking rest. Talk to your postman, talk to your neighbor. God forbid, talk to your fucking next door neighbor. Not some person you went to high school with 25 years ago. Who gives a fuck? What does that got to do with anything in your life? But people don't talk. I talk to my post lady. I love her. She's so nice. You know? And my next door neighbor, Miss Harper. I talked to her twice today. People need Mrs. to talk Harper? to their fucking neighbors. Yeah. Stop being glued to their fucking phones. That's the truth of it, Chuck. I think it has, I think you hit a lot of solid points. I, I that's why I applaud it. I mean, there's that's no why sense. Zoom will not replace AA, but AA will be replaced by something more human, more compassionate, more loving, more truly tolerant. That's what I, my hope is. But my backdoor plan is just to move to Spain. <laughs> okay, so that or Spain. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, I just love the idea of this. There's a lot of old people in Spain. There's a lot of love and compassion in Spain, right? Spain, Spain, Spain had no rebellion against masks, right? Why right. would there be a rebellion against a mask? Uh, a bunch of them died, Bob. Like, yeah, but Spain, look at Spain's like, infection rate just plummeted because the whole society said, yeah, I care about my neighbors, I care about them. I'm going to wear a mask for my neighbors. But America, <laughs> never. It's my right not to wear a mask. So back to this pandemic. The opioid crisis, it's a comp compounded opioid. He's eating food. No, I'm not. I was having, you know what I was having? I was having one of those junior mints, sorry. The, oh, they're full of alcohol. Are um, they awesome? Yeah, Fucking. yeah. I was, yeah, I was told that because no, that's not. what the, it's, it's the cooling, the cooling of the, the mint like that is the, is the alcohol. So if, you eat it, so if you eat enough junior mints, you're going to get drunk? You'll get junior mints drunk. Um, Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I know, I know, guys, you used to have a problem with pepper you know, and patties. And I'm not, I'm not coming off as a person who hasn't been a drank the Kool-Aid AA person. I just want to say that. Because when I got sober, for the first five years, I did whatever I was told. I kind of did, you know, I did it all and didn't question too much. First three years, for sure. Drank O'Doul's. And I remember looking at him thinking, I don't know about that. I don't know that you're sober if you drink O'Doul's. Right? <laughs> so that's how hard of an AA Nazi I was. Mike Mart drank O'Doul's, and I thought, I don't know that he's really sober. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's the truth. I've drinking maybe I've drank maybe five of those in my entire sobriety. Every once in a while, I just go. No, you and Keith used to drink them. Not very much. I never. No, I didn't drink them very often, Bob. You Here drank them in front of me, and I was like, "That Mike Mart." I did it. Going down a wrong road. Just that one time, probably in front of you, just a bug you or something. But Keith, Keith used to drink them. Keith. Yeah, he's another story. You, you know, know. <laughs> but that, but that, but that's how simple it is. That's how simple it is to get off the, off the loving and tolerant. You know what? How many? It doesn't matter. You can choco tacos. Someone told me that about choco tacos. Where I like the choco tacos off the ice cream truck. They go, oh, no wonder you like those. Those have chocolate liqueur in them in the in the chocolate sauce. And I go, I'm not eating them because I get loaded. 
I'm eating yeah, them because I like shit. ice cream. And, I, and, they hey, go, and these are the, and can and I say these are the same people? I don't want to get loaded. That, I'm just going to go shoot fucking heroin, man. I mean, why would I bother fucking drinking some? Here's the thing or, is, it's about why do people get sober? Here's a basic tenet of it. To be healthier, to lead a healthier lifestyle, correct? Uh, one of the, a more destructive thing to do than, than drink alcohol is to smoke cigarettes. It's more deadly. It causes more death and more diseases than drinking beer. Yet, everybody who stops drinking beer and makes a big deal about it smokes cigarettes. I've always thought that was a contradiction. I'm going to take it one step further now with, with a Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is poison. It will kill you. Sugar kills you. Sugar causes heart disease. It causes diabetes. It causes um, all kinds of health issues. So... So really, should we be patting ourselves on the back that we don't do heroin anymore, yet drinking big gulps of, co- uh, of Coca-Cola and smoking cigarettes? I mean, it's that, gen- that's just, <laughs> just that simple a thing. Right? Right. I, know that, I know that it sounds crazy to the Kool-Aid drinkers, but I'm telling you, you got sober to, to improve your health, your mental health, your physical health, your, to in, increase your mortality, your ability to live free and all this kind of stuff. And you are a slave to sugar. You are a slave to nicotine. You are a slave to tobacco and carcinogens. You are a slave. Now, the argument that Gloria Scott, who died of lung cancer, by the way, my sponsor died of lung cancer, having smoked, you know, her entire life. She said, well, never, no one ever robbed the bank to get money to buy cigarettes. And I used to repeat that when I was smoking, right? Mm-hmm. No one's ever ruined their life or left their kid in a car to go cop cigarettes. Hey, we don't always have to bring it to the most, you know, extreme example. You should just stop smoking. Right? right? <laughs> we don't have to well, say no. well, like, <laughs> we, well, it's the same thing when people go, smoking pot isn't as bad as drinking. And I go, there's not a lot that's worse than drinking. Why are we comparing that? Why are we going <laughs> apples and giraffes? Really? Would you rather, <laughs> right. would you rather, you know, it's, it's better than being shot in the face. There's a lot of things it's better than. Well, here's but, the thing. Who, who's the most famous person that stopped drinking and started smoking pot? Willie Nelson. I would hang out with Willie Nelson over 99.9% of the AA people I know, right? Willie Nelson is a kind, thoughtful, humanitarian, great father. Everything about Willie Nelson is amazing. Try to be Willie Nelson, people. Try to be like Willie Nelson. Don't allow yourself to use the book as a weapon. Rationalize any bad behavior you have because you haven't taken heroin for years and years. Try to be Willie Nelson because I consciously try to be amiable and listen to, like, if you know anything about Willie Nelson, a lot of his fans are Trumpers and Republicans, and he gets it. He listens, right? And he just says, I don't believe that. I like Beto, right? Rather than demonize those people as the worst and da-da-da and they're, I'm smart and you're dumb and all that, he just says, well, I like Beto. I I just disagree with you. And guess yeah. what? His audience stays with him, who like Trump, even though he's a big lefty, better O'Rourke guy, right? Well, is it to be yeah, more uh, like Willie Nelson and less like that, your that sponsor? Is, that is absolutely 
one way that we could all improve. That Be like idea. Willie Nelson? I, I, what would Willie do? WWWD. <laughs> you know, uh, that I, I like. I'm telling you, he's the guy who invented marijuana maintenance. He's doing all right. 67 years later, I think in 1961, 69 years later, 59 years later, Willie Nelson's doing all right with his marijuana maintenance. Right. And right? You know, but who was that that was talking? Somebody was going, you know what, man, but first you got to get famous. First you got to <laughs> get famous. You can't, you can't like become a junkie and then be Keith Richards. You've got to be Keith Richards and then be and a then junkie. And then become a junkie, right. You, well, you can't. But, I mean, we can all nurture our inner Willie Nelson is what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody's really got a little that. Willie. Everybody, Everybody got a little Willie in them. <laughs> you know, Willie always has a twinkle in his eye. He always has a kind word. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I, I need to go off this. I need to show you guys. I'm going to read you guys something that I got from this thing that I read from Willie Nelson. Will you indulge me? Oh, sure. So Willie, Nelson, Willie Nelson posted, I got to go off the streamer. Willie Nelson posted Gene Autry's Guide for Good Living in 1950. You want to hear Gene Autry's Guide for Good Living in 1950? Here it is. Okay. Ready? Um, a cowboy must never shoot first, hit a smaller man, or take an unfair advantage. A he must never go back on his word or trust, or a trust, or a trust confided in him. You can never go back on your word or betray, betray a trust. Always tell the truth. Be gentle and kind with children, the elderly, and animals. You must, you must not, this is the most mind-blowing thing. This is Gene Autry in 1950. You must not advocate or possess racially or religiously intolerant ideas. You, should no, mm. you shouldn't tolerate them, nor should you possess them. <laughs> Gene Autry, 1950. Wouldn't right? expect that from him. For some he reason, I would just I would just assume he was a racist guy just because right. looking at history, uh, and especially so, in 1950. Uh, you, so just uh, of you, Chuck. He must help people in distress. He must be a good worker. He must keep himself clean of thoughts in thought, speech, speech, action, and personal habits. He must respect women, parents, and his nation. A cowboy is a patriot. I I prefer those ten steps myself personally. I think I, I'm those, those are some pretty rad things to live by. And I dare say there is just as profound as the 12 steps. Be kind and gentle with the elderly. So maybe, maybe oh, there yeah. should be some sort of like meeting that just goes by those 10 steps. I'm thinking <laughs> of starting the Gene Autry Anonymous. And Autry Anonymous. Why do you think? And Autry Nelson. Anonymous. Uh, Autry, on, Autry on Life meetings. Uh, hey, that's that, AA. <laughs> Autry no, Anonymous. I'm serious. Never shoot first, never hit a smaller man, never take an unfair advantage. It's the same thing as, as oh turn your will in your life over the care of God. Don't you understand what I'm saying? But this is... He didn't see the future coming, that's for sure. Because, man, you know, people will kick you when you're down in a video. 
Uh, they'll hit smaller men all the time. They'll beat women and they'll record now, their video the cameras. The 12 steps are the suggested ideals of a life, of a life, well, uh, uh, of how to live life. And these are Gene Autry's suggested ideas of how to live a good life. Like and them. Willie Nelson mm -hmm. has them. And Sermon on the Mound has them. And, and, you know, the Four Agreements has it. And The Secret has it. And, and Christianity has it. Everybody has the same stuff. What happens is it becomes used as a weapon, and it, and and it's not. And eventually, it doesn't work anymore because nobody wants to sign up for it. But I mean, that's Gene Autry's 1950 ideas for how to live a good life, how to be a good person. They're pretty fucking profound. I like it. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm gonna have to look them up so I can I can take another look and digest. But that's a great starting ground. Uh, that's a great. That is a great place to start, isn't it? And well, I mean, I don't know where else you go from there. Right. Tells you how to treat people, how to right. We should to, end with that, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that's fantastic. And we're going to post it. I'll send it to you, Mike, and we'll post it. We will. We'll put that up. I All just, right. I just, uh, you know, I just love. I, I just. I, I'm just saying, people are dying. We should be doing everything we can to make the, door, the doorway broader, the community more accepting and more loving and more welcoming. Instead of just saying, well, they're going to die, you know, they can't get hip to this miracle program. It's not a miracle if, if, it, doesn't, if it doesn't work. It, it's not a miracle. It might be a miracle for one individual, but it's not a miracle for everybody, and we need to be more open-minded and tolerant. I mean, that, that to me is how we'll move forward as a society, as a 12-step, as a sober community. That's how we'll start to heal from all this horribleness we have. The horrible horribleness. Yeah. Right? Um. And I, and I say, we're not, we're, we're, we are an anomaly of a society. The reason why other societies have been able to, you know, change the tide with the coronavirus is they all decided that they cared about each other. And America is too busy saying who's right. I'm right. Mm -hmm. The Constitution says this. I'm right. Oh, I'm, I'm a liberal. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Everybody's right. Nobody's, you know, and everybody else is wrong in their, in their kind of argument. Instead of, hey, we're a society, we're a community, we're California, we're Orange County, we're Los Angeles, we're United States of America, we all got to care about each other. And I don't see it in AA, and I don't see it in our society, and I don't see it in our leaders. I don't see it hardly anywhere except for these little weird pockets of Don't Die Wisconsin and the Dopey Nation and little pockets that we try heroin to create. The heroin anonymous. And, and around preschools and the families around preschools, the neighborhood school in Los Angeles has this great kind of community. It, it, you can start your own community. Stop arguing and stop hating. See, why does it have to have anonymous behind it anyways? Just to be like, like there's, you know, there's CA, there's AA, there's NA. There's, it doesn't, it doesn't have 
anonymous anymore. It doesn't have to be anonymous. Be like you know, like fucking like junkies together or something. Or yeah, solving I really, problems. I really be believe the SP, uh, the uh, JSP meetings. I'm going to the JSP meeting, the junkie solving problems meeting. You ever <laughs> heard of it? <laughs> Fuck, we sit down and we talk about the fucking dope app. You know, well, now, dope I've, now I've done what I wanted to do, which has planted a seed in both of you and hopefully a handful of people online. Let's figure out something cooler yeah, to fuck do. Fuck that shame, man. Just fucking, just you know, none of that anonymous shit anymore. You know, um, at Allo, I'll say this: all we did to be revolutionary was not be condescending, Chuck. That's all we did. There's, you're not allowed as a staff member to be condescending to a to a client, and people just think it's this revolutionary treatment. We're just not being condescending. We just removed condescension from the treatment model. Be kind. Right. Don't condescend. Don't be no, authoritarian. That's, that's huge. That is One so huge. One simple thing. You got to ask yourself, too. You know, you started this a long time ago, Bob. This, like, you know, let's just drop the whole anonymous thing. How fucking stupid is it? How outdated is it? Along with the wives chapter. But, um, you know, I mean, how much is that anonymous and hiding and how much is that like contributing to people dying? Because there was an actor that was 16 years old, Logan Williams. He was in Flash, right? And I was just reading the story. 16 years old. He's been addicted for, thir for three years since he was 13 years old. This is young. This kid is a right. young fucking actor. And his mom... Hell, you know, she's sad, of course, and she tried to help him, and she's helped as much as she could, but they, it was a secret. They kept it a secret. Well, everybody's keeping it a secret. Uh, everybody's you know, keeping it a secret. What's well, everybody's shame? ashamed. There's a lot of shame if you die of drugs, right? So parents have shame about it. They want it kept private. Um, the, the most famous case is Heath Ledger. I kind of was acquainted with Heath Ledger, and I knew, you know, he's a full-on addict. Full on, full on. So is, 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 hiding it? is hiding so, it? So, but wait. So they he comes Killing from a very people. he comes from a very affluent kind of background, right? And so what they did, and if you remember when you heard about the week after Heath Ledger's death, even though it was admitted that it was from drugs, it was he only got on drugs because he did Batman and he couldn't get out of his character on Batman. Mm. Did you remember <laughs> yeah. hearing that? Yeah. Was that Batman's was made fault. up. That was made up by a law firm and a marketing uh, ad agency oh, in New York City up, to that's kind of stupid. give reason why. Because you have to have some some powerless reason why you were a drug addict. Instead I, I, I of he was a, he was an amazing guy and he was an addict and it's so sad and tragic. And I immediately felt like he just had a little kid. Like fuck. Just tragic how, and sad, like all the drug tragedies and sadness. You don't how, have how to say it's Jack because he was on Batman. Jack Nicholson said something along those lines about how I warned him about playing the Joker. I mean, so they even <laughs> had Nicholson on board with that. But, but you're, from, what I, from what I'm gathering today, you're more concerned with opioids than opioids. <laughs> Get off the eyes. Get off the iPhone. Get off the, yeah, yeah. the Snapchat. Get off the well, everything Well, I mean, else. I think that's an impediment against having a, a, a more 
balanced life. I mean, you know, Trump will say something and then half the people I know are going to lose their minds. I mean, he's mm -hmm. giving a speech tonight he's, and he's going to say he's got a cure for coronavirus and he's going to take away all the mailboxes and everybody's all upset. I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. And, and here's the thing that you know, liberal, he's thinking about. He's only it. taking the mailboxes away in key states that involve getting him but here's getting the thing. vote. Elections matter. Messages matter. And if you're going to blow another election in the middle of it, if Biden loses in the middle of a recession, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of 60% of the country hating the fucking guy, if somehow the Democrats can lose, which I think they can, they, they don't understand what politics are. It's about messaging and inclusion <laughs> and exclusion so and de true. demonization. It's crazy. I mean, if the door isn't wide open, man, I don't if know. If the what door's the fuck not else. open now, I mean, I mean, the Democrats. Here's the thing: if the Democrats lose this election, they should just fold the party. They should just end the Democratic Party. Well, let's leave it, it with that because we don't want to get too political on this. <laughs> no, I'll get political. If the Democrats lose, makes me laugh. They should just close up shop. They should just say, "We don't know how to do this anymore." They started. They started in nineteen. They put out of business by the coronavirus. The coronavirus put out of business. Yeah, it's out of business. Party. Yeah, new party's going to have to open up. They're, we're new out of. Party. We don't know how to do we're anything. Bankrupt. We're just a complete failure. We just need to stop no now. We won't bother you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sorry. Right, we man. don't even don't know why, everybody. Right. <laughs> oh, see you later, guys. We need a new solution. We'll we need a new solution. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Yeah. We're okay, doing right. on Wednesday, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, we're okay. hey. two in this week. See you Good guys. Night. Good night.